we are going to talk about parenting and all the questions you can send in after the podcast. But we're going to start with um, Kevin. A question we're going to throw out is, how old are you when you first started having children? Uh, I was 39. I had already had, uh, when I got married, she had... Uh, her daughter was uh, 12, son was 10. So I started out there. And then from there, I had four more. Mm. Cool. So I was wondering myself, this is a question from me. Uh, when you got married, how did you feel about the marriage itself? Um, everything encompassing that? Uh in the beginning really well I, you know i had the attitude of super dad i've got this uh i'm gonna be the best husband in the world the best dad in the world try to be the best provider as soon as we got married uh, i had i was doing real estate appraisal but then we moved and i ended up getting three jobs because <laughs> i wanted to you know I wanted to make sure I was bringing in a home enough money for everybody. And, um, you know, and the thing about it was, I soon started to realize there's no book to this. I, you know, um, realized I uh, didn't have anything to follow. So I, I was winging it all along faking it until you make it kind of thing so um yeah uh that's that's how i started out just um working trying to uh you know overdo everything uh over over be everything the best dad you know trying to get the two new kids to get to know me and trust me and love me and you know, I was trying to make sure the best I could to let them know uh, I'm going to do right by them as best as, as best I could. Um, they understood I was their stepdad, but I wanted a relationship with them, you know, uh, that uh, no matter what, I was still going to be their dad no matter what. Mm. Uh, on the stepdad topic, that's pretty important these days. A lot of people would love to hear it from a man's point of view. Um, how does it feel coming into that, knowing that you would have to take that dad's role, but the feeling that some kids go, well, he's not my dad. What is that feeling like? Um, there were those conversations. Uh, first of all, I made sure within myself as a man, that I got all of the oats out of me, so to speak. Um, you know, I, I gave up a lot of my personal life with friends, other family. Um, no more, you know, I didn't play golf anymore. Uh, I didn't hang around with my friends. I, you know, uh, I did like to go to clubs and everything every once in a while. Uh, I made sure I had all of that out of my system that that was not ever going to be something that would would come up later in my marriage uh, as a husband and a dad 
so that I made sure that I could concentrate 100% as best I knew how with as, with no training, but I'm still going as best I can uh, to make sure that I'm concentrating, giving it everything that I've got to get to know them, to be a good dad, um, and to let them know that I know I'm not your biological dad, but I'm going to be to you as best I know how, like your biological dad. I want to love you. I'm not going to play favorites. And those things have, those things come into play. You know, you, you know, uh, do you like one more than the other? You know, so you've got two different personalities here that you've never dealt with before. And so you have to start learning on the fly what works with each one. And that takes time. It doesn't come overnight, at least not with me. And I made a lot of mistakes dealing with, you know, discipline, training, uh, rearing, uh, you know, just uh, going out uh, one-on-one with each, trying to get get to know each other. And uh, so, you know, it was it, actually the the older girl was easier for me to get along with than the, than the boy because he was he was a little bit more combative, well, a lot more, because I was not his biological dad. Um, but I kept with it and kept with it and kept with it, and you know he's thirty four years old today, and both of them still call me dad. So um, I'm very proud of that, even throughout all of the conflicts we had. Mm, That's very beautiful. I like that. Uh, That's what a lot of people are looking for. And it's harder uh, to find it. It's easy to hear this now. I'm quite sure a lot of women hearing this would love to have a guy to see their kids in that manner. That was very beautiful to hear. Uh, so now that you guys have become a full family, how does that feel now to this point? Well, um, I, I had four more children after that. The, the next one that I had biologically, my first child, we had uh, a home birth. We had one witness no midwife, no nothing. It was all by faith. It was incredible. Wow. Uh, yeah, was, even on the birth certificate, I'm uh, I am the doctor. <laughs> so, um, but even at that, uh, trying to do your best and having that family so early, it. A lot of it was detrimental, actually. I didn't get to know my wife uh, as well as I should have. I was an automatic dad, automatic provider. Um, some of those things that we should have done, like date nights and, and things like that, um, I, we didn't do. I was too busy trying to uh, create a home and working, and so a lot of it uh, wasn't what you would call a, a, a real happy marriage. Um, 
and that drifted over into my other kids as they were being born. They, you know, unfortunately, heard heard all of the arguments. Uh, but I was determined. I didn't want to be one of those families that um, was split up. I did. I worked hard at uh, learning more about myself, forgiving myself, forgiving my wife. Uh, I'm not going to go into all of the details, but you know everybody has their own challenges, and and what makes or breaks uh, a home and a marriage. But um, you know now I have two boys uh, left. They are learning from me. Uh, they have learned me, and I've learned them. My two. Uh, my uh, two natural daughters um, didn't have that opportunity. Um, they uh, were old enough to start drawing their own conclusions. And so that relationship is not as strong as I wish it would be. Uh, one of them is coming back. Uh, as a matter of fact, she called me today. We talked for about two hours because she just got a brand new apartment. She wants me to come by and see it and wants me to bring you know, her brothers and so you know that relationship is getting closer and closer we also go out and have Sunday breakfast every once in a while just just her and I and uh, the other one uh, well we're still working <laughs> we're still working on that so um, with me it's been a huge roller coaster just learning you know what I did wrong what what, what can I correct uh, if I come across something that I can correct um, I let them know I don't have any problems telling them uh, I made a mistake I shouldn't have been this way or that way I should have done it this way but I didn't know any better at the time and so throughout all of this I have grown uh, as a dad uh, I've been able to communicate better with them um, I, wa- I, I had to evolve I, I, I'm not the same guy not the same dad I was 20 years ago I'm a much different person uh, disciplinary actions uh, there, uh, it's it's hard to explain, but there, I had to evolve myself. I could not stay in that same strict mode because one size does not fit all. Every sure. child's personality is different. You have to learn their personalities uh, because if you don't, you're not going to be able to communicate effectively with each individual and every, and they are individuals they are you know sentient beings all their own with their own thoughts their own you know their own degrees of of, of faults uh, you know how they see themselves all of these things and as a dad you have to be able to start to look at that and, and juggle all of that to have effective communication with them that's very true and a lot of people do not realize that uh, back in our 
time with our parents, they were so, you do as I say, and there is no uh, back talk or anything like that. So um, for at least for me, my mother was very militant. So I would say um, you definitely have to change the way you see your children these days because trying to uh, one glove and it comes with them all is not going to work. And I can agree with you 100% on that. Um, well, right now we're going to have to cut for a break and I am like happy I did this. So thank you for joining me. <laughs> I, I'm very proud of you to hear how you are as a father. And I think the world definitely uh, needs to hear that more fathers are out there that are doing the right thing and, you know, guiding their children instead of um, not paying attention and overlooking a lot of things. So you seem very attentive and that's very beneficial to this world to hear right now. I'm very happy that we had this discussion and I want to thank you for bringing me on. And thank you, Kevin, for coming on. We're going to take you on a journey with Kevin. He's going to talk about on this how it feels to be a father. Kevin, how oh. does it feel? <laughs> well, first of all, I uh, I was telling one of my daughters today that um, even throughout all of the trials and tribulations that we've had. I said, uh, even with the rocky marriage that I had with their mother, that if we hadn't have been together, they would have never been. And so I was just wanting to explain to her what a joy it has been. She's 20 years old now. Um, that I've gotten to know, you know, six different entities two that weren't not even my own that that uh, when I first got married was 12 and 10 and so I was already a ready-made dad I you know no preparation no nothing just you know me and my ego going I got this I, I can do this you know I'm gonna <laughs> and uh, then here comes the you know then here comes the personalities that I'm not ready for um you know, uh, I, uh, like you, Kiki, I, when I grew up, it was, you know, you eat this food that I prepared or you eat nothing, you know, you don't get a choice, uh, nothing. I mean, even if I, I mean, I, I would get in trouble even if I just rolled my eyes, you know, so it's, it was like, uh, I had no, I had no opinions for myself or anything like that <clears throat> and so bingo how do you start out being a dad same way you know um, the strict you know you're going to do it my way uh, or it's the highway you know if, uh, if you don't get it I'll beat it into you you know all of these things and then I started having my natural born and you know all oh lord 
your your firstborn. You're trying to do everything right. You know, I mean, all the baby, you know, you, the the baby stuff you need. You want to get the best ones that you can possibly afford. You know, you want, you know, you want the, you know, you don't want to make any mistakes, uh, any kind of rash. You want to get the best balm. You know, the best ointments. The, you know, uh, all of these things. You know that. Uh, after you know, after a while, is you know, you start getting used to this. Is oh yeah, okay, it's a rash. Okay, we got to do this. We got this. But I was just, you know, it's a journey that I've been on, and I started to learn that each of these beings that I've had all have their own opinions, their own ideas. And I started to have to let go of all of that, my way, the highway, uh, and uh, I didn't even start doing that until I got to my uh, third child. The first three, two of two of my stepkids and my first natural-born daughter, you know, it was my way or the highway, you know. I, Dad, you don't listen to me. You know, it's like, well, I'm not supposed to. You're supposed to listen to me. You know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, the mistakes and and uh, you know and you know I'm only going by my own upbringing and other people's opinions. I mean, people in the church, you know, at the time, telling me, you know, this is how you do this and this is how you do that and. You know, okay, at the, at the time it sounds great. You know, you start doing it, and then you realize these people don't know what they're talking about. You know, they're they're not in my home every day. They, you know, they don't see what goes on behind closed doors. They don't see the the uh, the intimate conversations that we've had. You know, uh, on the couch or at the dinner table or anything like that. So, um, you know, I had to start. I had to start over. Because I saw the damage that I was doing, you know, I can't, I can't just sit here and say, "Oh, it's my wife," you know. No, there was two people in this, and so I had to start taking accountability for myself. And uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm very proud that the my two kids that were stepkids. I mean, one still call. I mean, they both still call me dad. One still calls me all the time to see how I'm doing. You know, she still tells me that, you know, even the way she does her checkbook and stuff like that. She's she's still uh, she's like, Dad, I, I I still do these things the way you taught me back when I was 12 years old. And you know, I did other things with her. You know, when she turned 16, um, I took her out on a date because I wanted. I knew she was going to start dating soon, but I wanted her to have、uh, a, a, an opinion on what a boyfriend, another man in her life, should be, how she should be treated, that sort of thing. So I took her to a really expensive restaurant, and、um, you know, just treated her like a date. Pulled out her chair for her, you know,、um, did what I thought. You know, a a a good boyfriend should be doing treat her with respect, and so she got. I wanted her to have a clue as to what kind of boys to date, 
and uh, so you know I did those kind of things so I think I did some things right um, but still you know I was still that hard you know my way the highway um, and then you know here comes my fourth child uh, my second daughter and um, made mistakes with her all the way up till until she was about 12 years old and finally I just said I can't I can't I can't be this kind of dad anymore I I can't keep acting this way uh, you start looking back and you start to realize uh, your way was damaging it might have been good in my day but this is a di- different generation different way of the, the way people learn the way they grow up the things they're they're taught the technologies that they have today that we didn't have these are all teaching tools or detrimental tools uh, depending on how you want to look at it uh, to their livelihood and so I had to start changing and it was not overnight it was little by little and now that daughter there uh is wanting to have a closer and closer relationship with me because mm-hmm. of that. Uh, I still have two boys. Um, you know, my last one, he's 14 years old. I don't know where he came from. It's like, it's like my dad reincarnated. Uh, I get to hear every day, and this is not an exaggeration, 10 to 20 times a day. He says, "You're the best daddy ever." I don't know what do you what do you do with that, you know? So it's like it gives you this reason to to keep going on, and uh, you can me as a man, I can use those things as motivation for myself to keep striving. If I fall, I've got somebody there saying, "You're the best daddy ever." And so I can get up. It's easier to get up, get up. I have my my one that my boy that's turned 18. He's very silent. And so when he comes to you and says, "Dad, I love you," I mean, you know, it really does mean something because he's not saying it every day, but when he says something, it means a lot because he's the type that. Th- thinks and thinks and thinks and has all of these quiet thoughts within himself and then when he opens up his mouth it's time to listen and so in my uh, earlier years I would not have been able to do that I would not have been able to hear him I would have shut him off and you know it would it, with somebody with his personality would have clammed him up even more and uh, so and now You know, it's very easy for me to go to all of them and just say, you know, I uh, I want to apologize for so much, and I and I tell them what I'm apologizing for, what I thought my mistakes were, and um, to let them know that uh, no matter what, no matter how it's been, 
I was doing it the best way that I could. I didn't have a book, but I loved them to the point of death. And that's what I took on when I decided to be a dad because I knew I was not going to go back to anything of my old life. Now, probably some of that could be a little detrimental to me when you know, you just kind of completely cut off social life at all. You know, no more fishing, no more golf, don't see your friends anymore. Uh, I probably could have revised that a little bit because uh, even being an adult, you got to have some kind of outlet here every now and then. That's but very I, true. Yeah, but I didn't give myself that choice. I still um, tried to keep going. Uh, and a lot of it had to do was because I didn't have a good marriage. And so I was fighting through that and still trying to be the best I could. So I didn't allow myself to go have those other social things uh, because I was too busy trying to patch things up or, you know, fix something or uh, keep moving forward. But that's kind of, that's kind of in an, in, you know, a thimbleful of my journey as a ready-made dad uh, and then having four kids after that my first child that I had like I uh, I, I said before you know it was a home birth I cut the cord tied it off all the whole nine yards uh, we had one witness uh, the other witness was my daughter that was uh, you know my stepdaughter had turned 14 years old so she got to see me um birth my first child you know so that was very interesting you know uh with what to do about that that's and beautiful so i got to do that and and that was kind of a you know a big chest beater look at me god you know I right, look what I did. You know, one of those arc, 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 arc. <laughs> well, you got to have it somewhere. We all want our pride in our parenting. Uh, some don't, some do. Depends. Yeah. Well, that's, like I said, that's a, a drop in the ocean of, of, of my journey as a ready-made dad to learning to be a dad. Well, I will say mine was, uh, as a woman, it was no different except the experience, of course, of having the child. Um, I had two different marriages and they were both the same as in uh, growing up. When you have a toxic background, it puts you on a path when you're not paying attention to a toxic future. So my future was the same um, from my past uh, when I was married both times so uh, I kind of did the best I could but I was truthful I told I think everyone knew at the first child that I had my son uh, he's my oldest I didn't want kids because of how bad my past was I wanted to go off and uh, be in fashion school and you know, live my life for myself. I wanted to be selfish. And I knew I wanted to be selfish. I was conscious of it. Um, and I told the people that I dated at the time, well, don't get this because I'm going off to college. You know, I just kind of wanted to go with the flow. I 
felt that I earned that after all the pain and suffering growing up that I've been through. I wanted to uh, settle down into something more cozy. I've always had that in the back of my head, even though you could be toxic to everyone else around you. And I was very toxic and blamed the world at the time instead of myself, that it was a projection of what I was putting out. So to me, you know, I was the crazy person walking around saying I wasn't crazy. And now looking back on it, I see that the healing was never going to be there until I came to that conclusion in my head. So when I started parenting my my firstborn, I smothered him with nothing but love of things I wanted and things that I thought I should have. So my goals started to be more strategic and logical. I wanted to accomplish a goal is stability to make sure I never have to fight struggle or anything for my child. And that meant not worrying about my morals or my integrity at the time of things that I would have never have done and things that I could have just stopped, which a lot of people during that time would say being a dancer, a stripper is horrific, but I didn't see it that way. I seen it as a paycheck. I've, I didn't want the outside influence or the inside influence encircling that being a stripper would come with. I wanted to myself just make the money, get it home to my child and just feed my child. I didn't see it no different than that. And that's where I was naive. See, you can think you're doing something and have the greatest of intentions until it, it backfires on you. Mm-hmm. So, so with me, I was that naive thinking, it will never backfire because this is logical. It's to the point. And what could what bad could happen from this? I mean, I'm going in here, I'm making the money, and I'm leaving. And I don't care what anyone say. And I did. I did just that. There were people that approached me that was like, hey, I want this. I want to do that. Do you do this? And I was like, no. And I'm not those girls. And I was always a loner. So I've since I was in kindergarten, I stayed to myself. Even when people want to friend me, I pushed them away because it was uncomfortable for me because I know me and I could trust me. I couldn't trust everyone else. So I felt comfortable and grew into that, but it made me a little off to society. Whereas when I was being a dancer at that time, I was a lonely dancer. I I didn't want to be around those women because I didn't want to be associated with that. But I'm in the business. That's where the naive come from. You're going to still be associated by what you do, period. You know, so with me, I've done things with the purest intentions, but still it doesn't change that I was toxic. So as a mom, my child was walking through those phases with me. He didn't know I was a dancer. He just knew he was getting fed. I pretended it was a job and my head. And that's how I've seen it. But everybody else was judging it. Like, oh my God, I can't believe you became a stripper. (laughs) You know, (laughs) there's better ways to do this. And I didn't see it that way because I calculated in my head my skills at the uh, time versus what I can actually do. And my skills at the time, yes, I could have been um, done here. That took too much time. I had to go to school. Anything that I really wanted to make the money and the level I needed to have those skills, I couldn't do like snap my finger time you know 
in my mind, I have to teleport to be able to compete with that. So my mind is mostly logical and how I think of things. So my parenting is the same way. So that became okay with my son until he turned 15. When he turned 15, he confronted me about the pressure of being so logical as a parent and thinking that logical, not thinking about the fact using that stripper uh, example, it's yes, you can have all the best intentions, you can think logical, but at that time was that smart and all the things that I opened the door to that happened during that time, it, it wasn't thought of because my mind was on the money, strictly on the money. So if I wanted a relationship, that was out of the question. You know, if I wanted to have a good time when I wanted to have a good time, that was out of the question because when you're a stripper, you, you can work almost 24 hours a day, you know, to make money. So I started thinking about all those things that I had to sacrifice because I wanted to plan and I wanted to have money. And so when I did make the best decision yet, the most creepiest decision, which was to try to settle down and have a relationship, you know, to get out of it, it became again, oh, she found someone with money. She found some guy, this poor guy found her and now she's using him for his money. And that wasn't the case. I found a guy that it was a business guy. And again, thinking, well, he can teach me business and I can learn from him and I can grow my own empire. And that's exactly what ended up happening. When I started talking to the guy, he taught me business. I learned from him. And in my mind, there on, I've been plotting how to create my own business from then on. It's, to me, logic in my head, but my actions don't show that. <laughs> The actions on the outside is like, I think she's a gold digger. And in my mind, I'm like, this career is going to get me far. This thoughts, these skills, these traits I couldn't have before, where I had to have a college degree. I'm now learning firsthand from someone that's running two businesses that are successful. So I'm going to learn from this person, you know, and I was very thrilled to get up every morning at six o'clock in the morning and to learn until I tired myself out. And again, that's when you learn a lot about business. I started getting into import export after that. And that's where my child, and I, I thought about my kid as a parenting to me is learning skills, gaining those skills to give to your children. And that's what I did. So I started learning everything and taking in all of my careers to be able to pass down to my children. So they won't think college is the only way, a university is the only way to gain firsthand experience. You can do it yourself. You can grab this from other people and you, they can teach you, they can train you. And then you can go out there and you can create your own instead of having to be an intern or having to volunteer somewhere to learn that same skill. You can just take it from your parents and your family, accumulate it, document it and then put it out into the world or put it out for your family's benefit however you want to do it but I had to find the best positive outcome for all the things that I thought in my mind I've been through so for me it was weird 
Um, that was my version of the best way of parenting for me. And um, my child grew up now, Cameron, to look at me like, I think you're a robot in a woman's body. <laughs> and, and I, I think your feelings are weird. And he tells me the truth. I love it. But at the same time, I agree with him. Some of the things I do are too logical. And then it, it burns me at the same time because I'm not thinking emotional. So when it comes to him having feelings, he he feels as if I can't touch those feelings with him. So now, now that I'm 43, I'm sitting back and taking the time for my children to learn their emotions instead of learning that it's all about getting that legacy and that empire together and pushing them to all the traits, all of their learning. I mean, I want them to learn the world. I want them to learn spiritually, physically, mentally, every branding, everything, every reason. And that's to me to give them protection. I feel better in my heart if they go out there with automatically a trust, automatically uh, accounting, bookkeeping, journaling, automatically recording everything and seeing the world, they will get an abundance of knowledge that they need to be able to survive. Because my whole point of my story is survival. It felt like a survival game to me because as a woman, so if you don't have a, a male influence whatsoever over you you take that on you start coming into your masculinity because you have to stand in your power to be able to stand up against sometimes men and some of these men are out here are scary they're not like you Kevin <laughs> I wish they was but a lot of men out here are out to prove how tough they are or um, they're proving things that their ego have to settle they're not healed and they think that they may have the answer for everything and you have to listen to them. I I yearn to keep guys like you, Kevin, in my circle because it's positive. You're a great role model. You seem, since I've known you, to be the best dad. And yeah, you're, you're not going to be perfect. And if you are, um, you're not human. And I myself, I'm very proud I met you. So thank you for coming on my podcast and talking about this with me. You're so very welcome. And uh, I, uh, I, I I like to do this again uh, with different topics. Yes, me too. It'll be fun. Well, we're going to end our podcast with that. And thank you, Kevin, for the show. You're most welcome. Thank you. Thank you.